Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your host is Becky Olson. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends, and family by providing resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here is your host, Becky Olson. Hello, and thanks for tuning in. My name is Becky Olson. I'm the co-founder of Breast Friends. I'm also a five-time survivor of advanced stage breast cancer, a motivational speaker, and the published author of The Hat That Saved My Life. Now, I don't know what date you will actually be listening to this because it is a live podcast, um, and it's being recorded and aired on December 16th, 2020. And you might be listening to it live, or you might more likely be listening to it in podcast form sometime later, and I don't know when that will be. But before we introduce our guest, I kind of want to talk about this year a little bit. Um, this is what some people have kind of ter- uh, termed as the the year from hell. <laughs> and I really don't want to think of it that way, but it has been a very, very challenging year for so many people and nonprofits and the world at large. We, you know, it's just been challenging. We've got the COVID vaccine which is finally just right on the horizon. I mean, it's being distributed now, but it's and it is a light at the end of the tunnel, but it's still a pretty long tunnel that we need to get through. We've had a year of political, oh my gosh, mess. And um, it's it's just it's been hard. People have been off work, small businesses have gone under. It's been a challenge. And even in all of that challenge, um, there are some things that continue. And um, some of those things are friendships and family and holidays. They might look different, but it, it, you know it's all still here. And so I wanted to um, just really encourage you. You know, every every episode I put in a little plug for for funding this program. And whether you fund this program or something else, if there is something that really speaks to your heart, you know, if it's whether I don't care what the program is, it doesn't matter if it's homelessness that you care about or if it's animals or children or, you know, whatever really touches you. I want to encourage you to make make somebody do the dance, you know, this year. Um, consider making a donation to something that you really care about and do it in an amount that makes you really feel like you made a donation. You know, and, and I say that it might sound light, but it's really not. When you give from your heart and you give in an amount that can really make a difference to somebody, it feels good. It really feels good to give that. You know, I mean, I'm not going to put a dollar amount because everybody's different. Everybody has different budgets and different, you know, capabilities. But but give beyond what you would normally do. Give something that makes you feel like you've made a difference in in the life of a person, a family, an organization, and and make their make them do the dance. You know, and I think you know the dance I'm talking about. So just um, you know, do that, and and I think that you will find that you will personally feel better. You'll feel better about the contribution that you made um, to the world and all of its. <laughs> interesting situation that it's in and um and, and just you know be that person that that does that and end this year in a really positive way on a positive note and with that i have the blessing of being able to introduce to you somebody who's, she's been on my show once before back in january of 2020 and she talked about her role as going from a volunteer to our executive director of Breast Friends. And today she's here. We're going to talk more about just Breast Friends and 
what's changed. Um, you know, her name is Allison Hancock, and Allison took the my place at the helm a couple of years ago when I stepped back. And it was, you know, I stepped back because of my diagnosis with metastatic breast cancer, which for those of you who don't know me, I am still battling that. And I still go to treatment. In fact, I have chemo today after my show. Um, But she's had a really, really tough year at the helm. And yet she's mastered it with grace and, um, you know, willingness and desire. And I really, really appreciate everything that she's done to keep breast friends floating through this really, really tough year, you know, as we navigated our way through the COVID infested waters, as I call them. So please welcome Allison. Allison, thank you for coming on the show today. Really appreciate you. Thank you, Becky. I really appreciate you reaching out to me. And um, I always enjoy talking about breast friends and how we support women. (laughs) Well, I appreciate that too. And, you know, the reason, part of why I wanted to bring you on is, you know, breast friends, for those of you who don't know, we've been around actually for 20 years. And we started in 2000, in August of 2000. And the idea was born (laughs) over lunch at the hospital. And, Um, Sharon, who was the co-founder of Breast Friends with me, she was also my original co-host. And we started this organization. And Allison, if you don't mind, I kind of want to take people back to the very beginning to just to kind of show where we've come and what we've had to navigate through in this in this last year. Is that right, right with right. you? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. So um, I was actually battling cancer. Uh, I had battled in 1996. And then this was four years later, I found another lump, which turned out to be nothing. At least that one turned out to be nothing. Um, but Sharon went with me to my appointment. And when we went to go see the doctor, he you know, he felt it and he goes, well, you know, it's probably nothing. Well, once you've had cancer, the the term probably nothing doesn't mean much. You know, you, you need to know that it's nothing. And so he said, well, he could probably schedule me in a couple, three weeks and remove the lump. And I said, no, no, I don't wait well. Can you do it now? <laughs> you know, it was right on the surface. We could feel it. I knew he could probably get it pretty easily. And he said, you want to do it today? And I said, yeah, I do. Um, I don't wait well, as I've come to learn. <laughs> um, so anyway, he sent us out for lunch and said, okay, come back right after lunch and I'll get you in as my first appointment. So over lunch that day, we were talking about, you know, why is it that she and I both survived cancer? Why did we become friends out of a company of 300 people in our local office? I mean, you know, nationwide, it was thousands of people. But in our local office, we had 300 people. And yet she and I somehow became friends. We both survived cancer. We both kind of had the gift of gab. And we knew that there was something deeper than just our work relation. And we thought, you know, maybe, and this is something I'd been actually thinking about for a long time, that what what am I supposed to do with this diagnosis? And so I talked to Sharon that day over lunch about what are we supposed to do with our diagnosis? I think that there's something here. And so we started talking about, you know, what was missing in the world of breast cancer. And what we figured out 20 years ago, and fortunately it's changed a lot since then because more thing, you know, more organizations have popped up, but the need to have women who can talk to other women about their cancer just wasn't wasn't out there. It just you know, you could talk to a counselor, you could go to a support group led by counselors, but very few of them had ever really experienced cancer firsthand. And so we wanted women that we, we wanted to be able to talk to women about how to support 
their loved ones who were going through cancer. We wanted to teach the women. Our, our philosophy was one in eight women will be diagnosed with cancer and the other seven will know her. And our goal at, originally was to teach the seven how to help that one person. And, you, you know, we do that by giving them ideas on support and how they can help. But in that next year, Sharon and I both kind of figured out that there was another piece missing, though. Not everyone has that circle of friends and family. Maybe they're new in town or they're, they're, they just moved cross country for a job and then all of a sudden they're diagnosed with cancer and they just don't have that support team near them. And so we ended up coming up with, with two paths for breast friends. One was to teach the friends and family and that was kind of my role. And Sharon's role was to bring that one person in and work with that person one-on-one. So breast friends kind of originally became all of that. And it took us a, a quite a while to develop our programs, our initial programs. And it was really all based around support and education. And over time, we developed the HAT Project and, you know, some other things. But, you know, it's been 20 years now and we have continued to grow and we've added people. And, and you know, so it's, it's changed. The footprint has changed. The programs have changed. The message, though, is consistent. We're here to help women survive the trauma of cancer, whether we help them one-on-one or we help them by teaching their friends and family. And we're, that is our mission, has always been our mission. And, you know, we're still doing that. It just looks different. So in comes Allison. And Allison, I think you joined us in 2012. Is that right? Uh, we moved here from uh, the East Coast in 2012, and I live right up the street from Breast Friends, and it was in 2013 when I actually stopped into the office and met Sharon and uh, had a lovely conversation with her. I, at that time, was a 14-year breast cancer survivor, and I had gone through the experience of the, the diagnosis and the treatment and didn't have the support of another woman who had gone through mm-hmm. it. And yep. when I found out the mission of Breast Friends, I knew that this was a place where I wanted to be and help other women go through uh, their journey. So and where were you living when you were actually going through your, your battle? I was in Connecticut. In Connecticut. I know. You, you've kind of been an East Coast girl and a Southern girl. Yes, <laughs> and you, yes. you still have the Southern accent. That one <laughs> stayed <do>. with you. <laughs> right. And it shows itself sometimes more than others, but it's, it's so, really cute. I do like it. <laughs> so in Connecticut, um, you know, it was a, it was a small town, and uh, but, you know, they had a great regional cancer hospital there and got excellent treatment. And so, you know, fast forward in 2013, when I came to Breast Friends, I started out volunteering Mm -hmm. and um, did, you know, just different things in the office and uh, became event coordinator in 2016. And then in 2017, um, when you and Sharon uh, decided that you would uh, retire and uh, or take Qua- less of quasi. a role, <laughs> yes, take less of a role. <laughs> I'm still here. Friends. I haven't gone anywhere yet. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and then I was asked uh, to uh, lead Breast Friends, and it's been an honor and a joy to be um, be a part of Breast Friends. This is my third. I'm finishing up my third year as oh, executive director. Okay. I can't believe it's gone by so fast. And yeah. so 2021 20, will be my fourth year. Yeah. 
Well, you know, it's it's been an interesting year, that's for sure. And I think we had the right person, you know, doing this because it this year has required patience and understanding and and heart. You know, it really it really takes a, a good heart to get through this kind of of situation. And um, so, Allison, we're really we're really proud to have you on board. And I think you've done. A, a tremendous um, job. So now you are the executive director. I, I remember the first year we were kind of working you toward that role, and you moved into my office with me. We had I had a big office. Sharon, you, Sharon, and I yes. used to share the space. Then she moved out. It, did, had she retired by then? My brain just doesn't hold facts anymore. No, she had not retired. Um, she had just moved into the other uh, offices so she okay. could be closer to Yvonne, who eventually took over. Uh, her role. role. Yeah, yeah. And so you moved in with me and kind of shadowed what I did for a while. And, and uh, you know, I'll tell you something, kiddo, you you are so organized. <laughs> you made me look like a genius, but, you know, <laughs> you're very organized, way more organized than I am. That is for sure. And um, you really, you just kind of picked up the different things. You learned all the different requirements of being the executive director and you, you embraced them. And um, so when it was time for me to step out and I left that office. I don't even remember when I left there now. Um, but I, you know, started working from home and and then doing the radio show. We started the radio show almost five years ago. And it's kind of worked its way into being my main job now. So um but at, at some point in time we we gave up that space and Allison moved back into the main office and and has just she's back in her corner office now and she's just still doing what what she was doing when she was in my office with me and and doing it very very well so so Allison I, w- I really want to thank you um, for all of that and I, I know you've had some very serious challenges you know this year and when I think about what all has changed since the beginning of the year well obviously fundraising and events have changed. We lost our ability to have personal contact with people. By personal contact, I mean in you know the touchy feely um, thing. We've had to find a different way to do things. So, let if do you mind if we just talk about let's talk about the fundraising and events, how that has changed and how that's impacted kind of our bottom line too. I mean, I think it's important. Yes, so. um, I agree. Uh, you know, we started off twenty twenty. All uh, on board for our annual gala and had all these big plans for these great events. And then March came in and we had to pivot everything. And so everybody is working remotely. So we had to finish or think about, you know, how are we going to still maintain those connections with the women who need us the most? And uh, that's when we decided to. Um, set up a Zoom account and started uh, reaching patients through Zoom uh, to build that uh, community of women who want to support each other. Now, when you say set up a Zoom account, you know, Zoom basically is a free program, except we have the one where you can have more people and be on longer, right? That's the Right, right. There's an additional fee if you want to have un- unlimited Zoom meetings and Zoom times. Uh, so that's what we set up, very minimal cost associated with it. So, uh, you know, we started out um, in March, the middle of March, um, thinking of ways that we can still stay connected 
mm-hmm. to the women. And Yvonne, our director, Yvonne Nydicker, the director of programs, did a phenomenal job of coming up with um, meetings and topics of discussions and mm-hmm. really getting the people connected. Yeah. Uh, and and some of the people she's brought on to those Zoom meetings, the professionals that are presenting the topics have gone on to become some of my my guests on the radio show. So we've kind of fed each other back and forth on some of that. And that's been, that's been a pretty good match there too, I think. But, um, you know, Allison, one of the things that, that we've always, always prided ourselves on, you know, Sharon and me in the beginning, and now I know you guys, is that, you know, we've always been able to do a lot with a little. We don't have a huge budget. We've never had a huge budget, which is good because trying to feed the giant is really hard. (laughs) Yes. So we don't have a giant. We've never had a giant, but... But you know we've we've always been able to make ends meet with the with a little bit of of money, relatively speaking, that we have. And and I'm so proud of you guys for figuring out how to keep doing what we do, and still you know keep it under control in a year when fundraising has been a challenge. I mean, wouldn't you agree? I mean, people, yes, yes. When you don't have your big event, then you got to figure out smaller ways to bring because some of those costs don't go away you know we even though we're not in the office we still have an office we still have a staff although their hours have been cut way back um you know and there's still program costs and those things don't go away just because covid's in the air um you know cancer still is out there in fact this is interesting to me um i get my cancer treatment at a local hospital here at, at their cancer center it's on the 11th floor of this pretty tall building, which is the top floor, is the 11th floor. And about two weeks ago, as I was coming down the elevator, I see a, a new sign in the elevator that popped up that says, no admit, no admittance to the um, eighth floor. And then you op- when the door opens on the eighth floor, there's a sign that says, additional enhanced PPE required on this floor. Uh-huh. So I put two and two together and figured out the COVID floor is three, three floors below where I get uh-huh. my cancer treatment. That's kind of scary, but um, you know, so things things have definitely you know changed for us. But um, you know what? We're going to pick up this conversation on the other side of the break. We still have a little more to talk about there, and then we're going to talk about what you know how things have gone different and and what's the been one of the most challenging parts of all of this. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. Female cancers affect women, but women's effects are felt throughout our families, workplaces, and communities. Electa is driving advances in precision radiation medicine across our portfolio of devices. By enabling treatment that is highly responsive to changes in tumor shape, position, and biology, but doesn't compromise the health of surrounding tissue and the patient, we protect the moments that matter in the lives of women with female cancers and everyone they touch. Learn more at electa.com. That's E-L-E-K-T-A dot com. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. And as I always mention, in case you have forgotten, there are four ways you can be involved in this program. One is to share this link to this show to anybody that you know out there that you think might um, enjoy or benefit from hearing our different presentations each week. Um, you can support this radio show by either going to breastfriends.org and click the donate button and make a donation to us, or you can do it via text. Um, you text to 41444, the term BF Radio, and that will open a link that will allow you to make a donation in support of this radio show. You can also join Breast Friends Around the Globe Facebook page. It's actually a group page which allows you to comment and and you know post your your thoughts. And we'd love to hear if you do join. I do have to approve it, which doesn't take me more than a minute. Um, but we'd love to hear who you are, where you're from, how you got involved in listening, anything you want us to know about you. And it'd be it's a good opportunity to comment on the different shows. And then finally, to nominate yourself as a guest, you can do that by reaching out to uh, Becky at breastfriends.org. Send me an email. Tell me who you are, what you want to talk about, and why you think it matters. And then maybe we can have a, a quick conversation and figure out a date to plug in. So, And we always record on Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific. So um, anyway, that's where you can, that's how you can get more involved in this show. So um, we're going to pick up where we left off. And just before the break, we had been talking about fundraising. And um, Allison, I know that you've had some really awesome experiences with people who even with all this trial have continued to support us. Do you want to talk about that a little bit more? Yes, uh, that would be great. Uh, this year, uh, you know, uh, because of COVID, we have uh, had to uh, cancel our pro our galas, our luncheons, and some of our sponsorship opportunities uh, just because we couldn't um, get back um together in person. So we had to be creative. And one of the things that we did is we... Uh, uh, started our text to give um, campaign where you can text a keyword to a phone number and um, make a donation that way. And, you know, everybody has smartphones these days, so um, it's really easy to make a donation. And so we uh, purchased that program and uh, that has been super beneficial for Breast Friends, especially being our 20th year. Uh, we did a campaign on um, 20 for 20, give 20 in 2020. And um, the support that we received from that was ph phenomenal. Um, people, you know, reached out to us, they gave $20, some gave 200, some gave 2000. And, uh, you know, it really has helped us uh, continue our programs and to continue to pay our staff and our rent and those 
um, normal expenses that you have. And, um, and that, that little campaign raised over $20,000, as I recall, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, yeah. when like I was talking about, you know, we do a lot with a little. I mean, we are a small organization. And to raise $20,000, some people would think, oh, that's nothing. You know, we raise a million dollars. Well, good for you. We don't need a million dollars. Right, know? right. I mean, if we had it, we wouldn't have to fundraise for a long time. But um, but we don't need that. We, we do a lot. And I, I really, truly mean that from my heart. We do a lot with a little. So, so besides that, we've had what else is what else have we done to kind of keep the keep the uh, we did have our golf tournament, which we turned into a virtual golf tournament where we um, had the players, they could still uh, support breast friends and still play golf. And um, so we were able to do that. They could choose a day in June or July to play and schedule uh, a tea time and part of the proceeds um, of that uh, money came to Breast Friends and uh, a full... Yeah, we, we worked with one golf course that we have worked with for the last several years, you know, hosting our, our tournament. So, you know, for those who are thinking about doing something like that, yeah, I picked one golf course and they even tracked the scores for us. So as people right. played throughout the two months, they were able to find, send us the final results. So we knew who the top teams were. We also knew who the losers were. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. Breast friends, we have no losers ever. So, um, you know, it, it, it was fun. And and I think, you know, we raised a, a good amount with virtually, so to speak, no expenses. So that was that was pretty cool, you know, to be able to do that and uh, didn't raise right. quite as much, but, you know, it netted probably close to the same, I would imagine. So Right, right. You know, and we have to pick up, I mean, we have to do what, uh, what, what we can and be creative. And if there's any nonprofits that are listening, um, you know, feel free to reach out to us and I'd be happy to talk to you more about, you know, how to do a virtual event. We also, uh, one of our board members, uh, Trisha, came up with the idea of doing a uh, run, a virtual run, and uh, we called it the Warrior 5K, and that was in October for Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And we had people running uh, all across the United States, from New York down to Florida to um Oregon, and that generated uh, additional funding for Breast Friends, um, and it, you know, made us um, able to keep our doors open. And I know we had a wonderful sponsor for that. I mean, we, we have had a few sponsors. We had some cash sponsors, which is always, always appreciated, but we had kind of a unique sponsor. It's York Shoes. They're, they're a company based out of Boston, Massachusetts, and they were offering free York shoes with a certain dollar amount raised and they sent out an email to all of their clients and so some of their clients from the east coast joined our race which was very cool so that was I, amazing yes think, didn't we raise i think we raised what $12,000 doing that yes uh-huh. yeah so again yeah. no cost to us virtually except for you know some of the prizes that you got when you um when you signed up and for the top levels but um but it just you know, that this is what we have to do in this kind of an environment, because even though, like we said, even though there's the COVID out there and we don't, we can't do what we used to do, cancer doesn't stop, you know, and neither do we. So we have to keep going. We're here. We've made a commitment to support the patients and do what we can. And so every little bit 
helps and it helps a lot so right um, right definitely and uh even though um you know we couldn't do in-person events and the high schools uh are a big support here in oregon for uh breast friends and uh, the schools weren't meeting uh during october we always have october is breast cancer awareness month and businesses and local high schools will do fundraisers uh, they'll do a pink out and different things. And two of the local or three of the local high schools here um, did uh, fundraising for Breast Friends. Uh, and it was just amazing to see their support and their encouragement to us um, and their students participating in the community. And so we're very thankful for, for them for um, s- supporting us during this time. And as you said, uh, Cancer doesn't stop, and uh, COVID, you know, is still going strong, but, um, you know, people still want to give from their hearts uh, to support um, some amazing organizations. And, you know, one of the things that I noticed here as we approach the end of the year, some of the people who have always sponsored us in a major way at our gala, which is in May of every year, um, you know, we have some donors that will come and and present a a pretty good-sized check, and they actually still wrote us a good-sized check without even being asked, which was, you know, phenomenal. And we appreciate that so much. We've got it. We had a couple, you know, family foundations that did some nice things for us. So, you know, that the heart of uh, you, one thing you can't really teach, you can't really teach philanthropy, you know, people either give, or they don't. And you know, you can encourage giving, but when it comes from the heart, you know, that's something that I think people are born with, I could be wrong, <laughs> I really could be wrong. But, um, you know, when when people give from the heart, you can really feel it. And it's not based on the amount, it's based on the love, I think, that that comes with that gift. And we've had some very, we have very generous people in this community that have always supported us. And, you know, we really appreciate that. But it has been more challenging, because we've had to be less visible in some ways. And, um, but even the local TV stations kind of picked up some of our stories and, and kept them moving forward. So, you know, it's it's been an interesting year, Allison. And I, I my hat's off to you, kiddo, for keeping breast friends in the forefront as often as you can. And it's it's really cute. I love it when you send me a quick email or a text say, guess what? So-and-so just accepted our grant proposal and we're getting $17,000. Yeah, like, that's the happy 16, dance. Yeah, that's the happy dance. It's like, holy moly, you know, we didn't expect that. So that is the happy dance. And um, and we all do it from time to time. It's really, really awesome. So um, but let's talk for a minute about some of the, the biggest challenges. You know, one of the things that, like I said earlier, we've always loved the idea of hugging. I mean, somebody walks in our office and they're they're just heartbroken. You know, they just got the worst news of their life. And um, and in the past, we've been able to embrace that and and give them a hug. And in fact, one of our board presidents in the past, her name was Kristen, she came up with this idea of having a hug meter. We never actually did it. Wish we would have now. Maybe yeah. when we when we can start again, we will. It was like a, just a clicker that counts, clicks. And every time you give somebody a hug, you click it. And whoever gives the most hugs at the end of the week gets a prize. You know. So, I, although I don't think we need motivation to give hugs because we're all pretty good at it. But um, but we love that. And now with, with the environment that we're all working in, hugs are out of the question. We can't do it. And so now we have to give virtual hugs. And let's let's talk about how we've been able to manage that. And one thing that really sticks out in my mind 
seriously, was we had a patient in a hospital and she was up on a high floor overlooking this this parking garage and all breast friends pulled together a team of of warrior women and they all had masks on and they made a big sign and they were out on the corner of that that uh, garage yes. and holding a sign for this patient and she got to look out the window and see them all out there and they were keeping their social distance and they had masks on and it was outdoors and they had a you know big sign and they were waving pink stuff and and she knew that was for her and somebody was inside taking pictures of her looking at it you know out the window and i loved that i couldn't be there that day because of all my my chemo treatments but i loved that we figured out how to do that and i, I don't know if that was Yvonne's idea or somebody but we found a way to yeah, make yeah it was one of our uh, staff members i don't r- remember who but definitely you know it did you know bring that virtual hug to um to the patient yeah. and to let her know that you know she's not alone in this and that's what our mission is is yeah. you know helping women survive you know one friend at a time and yeah. and that's what we're doing at breast friends and you know we can't be in person uh, we've had a couple of socially distance uh, events, um, you know, coffee get-togethers that that we've been able to have uh, when it was nice weather outside. And describe out- that. Describe that because that's pretty cool. Outdoors. Well, a couple of things we did. We um, went to a local uh, shop here and um, just took a corner of the parking lot and set up chairs and we had cookies and and uh, everybody had their masks on and we just got to socialize, you know, face to face, you know, but in six person. Feet apart, but six feet in, apart. Right. Outdoors right, six, wearing a mask. <laughs> so. Yes. Yes. It's about as safe uh, as you can probably be and still have some kind of, of contact with people. So Right. So we did several of, of those uh, during the summer and, um, you know, that really helped everybody because we've been inside for so long. And then again, you know, we talked about Zoom, um, people um, getting on Zoom and uh, there was some Zoom fatigue. Uh, people, you know, mm-hmm. were getting tired of that. Um but through it all, you know, those people who wanted to um, join in, uh, they did. And one of the things that we did this year, we had a virtual health and wellness conference online. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had um, 100 people register for the event. And what was amazing is that we could uh, draw from other presenters who would uh, share on different topics Um not only from Oregon, but also we had a presenter from Colorado, a presenter from New York, mm-hmm. and a presenter from um, Minnesota. And if we had had that in-person event, you know, we couldn't have done that because, right. you know, we don't have the funds to um, to fly people and, and host them there. But virtually, we were able to bring in some really top-notch presenters mm-hmm. to talk to our women. Mm-hmm. And uh, we heard a lot of positive feedback from that event that um, even though it was Zoom, they felt connected. They felt that there was, a, you know, lots of energy um, and excitement going and, on. And, you know, there really was. And I, I was kind of concerned that, you know, because we, we started it on a Friday night and then it went all day Saturday. But the Friday night event was a single presenter and she was, she's a, a comedian kind of. She's from New York and her name is Valerie David and she's also known as the Pink Hulk. <laughs> and she's survived breast cancer and um, she, you know, did her 
kind of her thing. And it was awesome. So people came in on Friday night to watch her, and then they came back Saturday morning for the day of of presentations and everyone knew who the presenters would be and we ended it with a song and a candle lighting ceremony well they were paper pictures of candles but it's okay um we didn't want to ca- cause any fires or anything so but it was beautiful and i you know we had the people stayed with us all day we didn't get all 100 joining us but the ones that joined stayed all day which i thought was very impressive and um so you know we we do what we can do and the concept of one at a time has, I don't think it's ever meant more than it has this year. Right. You know, yes, it really definitely. has really been, you know, and it it is Zoom. People are getting Zoomed out, you know. Even companies, they do so many of their staff meetings now by Zoom, and, and people do get Zoomed out. So you have to find ways to keep it interesting for them and um, and and hold their participation. And it's it's just a little bit challenging and we're always still looking for ways to fundraise. So, you know, it's it's been a been an interesting year. And um, you know and I you know, I we I know we talk about COVID a lot and how we handle patients. And I just want to tell you real quickly my story as a metastatic survivor, I go to chemo pretty much every week. And it used to be that you could bring a family member or a friend in with you. And you don't always do that because it, it's t- it takes a lot of time to go to sit in a chemo appointment. I'm usually there for about three hours from the time they draw my first you know round of blood to test to make sure my levels are okay till I get the approval to do the treatment to you know actually doing the treatment. So it takes me about three hours to get in and out. And that's a long time for someone to sit with you. But even if they wanted to, they can't now. There, there's just they don't allow it in. And but it used to be that you could do that, or the chairs were kind of all close together, and you could go sit next to somebody that's got on the same schedule and get to know each other. And even that has now changed. So the chairs are all moved far apart. Nobody talks to each other. It's it's different. It feels it feels kind of lonely, you know, mm-hmm. to, to go and sit through treatment because you're just there. I bring my iPad and I plug in my headphones and I either listen to something that I've already recorded or I do my puzzle or something, you know, just because there's, there's no one no one else there to talk to. And I don't know that we have a solution for that. Um, but with that, we're going to go out to our next break. So we'll stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. And let's explore that, Allison. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. Female cancers affect women, but women's effects are felt throughout our families, workplaces, and communities. Electa is driving advances in precision radiation medicine across our portfolio of devices. By enabling treatment that is highly responsive to changes in tumor shape, position, and biology, but doesn't compromise the health of surrounding tissue and the patient, we protect the moments that matter in the lives of women with female cancers and everyone they touch. Learn more at electa.com. That's E-L-E-K-T-A dot com. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Tune in to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking with Allison Hancock, the Executive Director of Breast Friends, about how we've been navigating um, you know, helping support cancer patients during this COVID time. And it's it's been challenging. Allison, before we move on, I want to mention, I had mentioned about the, the how the hospital has even changed by putting the COVID floor on the eighth floor and I'm on the 11th floor getting treatment. And I noticed it two weeks ago um, for the first time when I first saw that sign. And I thought to myself, I saw the sign and seconds later, the floor, the door opened up on the eighth floor. And I, I remember, and I, I'm kind of embarrassed about it, but I remember at that moment feeling like, oh my gosh, I can't believe somebody's going to get on this elevator when I'm just, I just had treatment mm-hmm. and they're going to get on the elevator. And and a staff person got on wearing only a mask. And I remembered seeing the sign that said PPE, you know, enhanced PPE required. So again, putting two and two together, I asked if that was the COVID floor and he hesitantly said yes. And, and I was kind of upset. I have to admit mm. it. I was upset. But then I felt bad because, you know, this is a person who has to be there every day. And I just had to ride down the elevator with him. And I was also reminded that when they leave a floor like that, they take off the enhanced PPE as they're getting ready to get on the elevator and they drop it in something. And then right. they put on a clean mask and they get on the elevator. So they're really not... You know, exposing you to anything exactly, yeah. but but it all hit me all at once. I see the sign, then the door opens. I see the second sign. I put two and two together, and here's a staff person. Oh, you poor thing, <laughs> you know. But it happened again last week. I got on the elevator, and a lady got on on the eighth floor, and she looked at me like, "Oh my God, do I get on?" And she did. But this time, I decided to have a different attitude about it, and. And since I was aware of it, I didn't get caught off guard like I did the week before. And I said to her, I said, you know, it must be tough working on the COVID floor. And she said, yeah, you know, it is, especially for some. But she, And then she said, but her job is to release patients. You know, once they've kind of been through treatment and now they're ready to go home, her job is to release them. And, um, and I, I thanked her for her service because I know that that's a really tough job to be going to a COVID floor every day and putting your, yourself at risk. And so I thanked her for her service and she had a mask on, but I could see her eyes where she was smiling and she thanked me for saying that. And, and I'll tell you, I felt a lot better than the criticism I gave the person the week before. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, but when things catch you off guard, they just do. So, um, Anyway, what were we talking about before the break that we were going to finish up here? I've lost track. We were talking about support, how to support a woman, you know, who is metastatic. Yes. Uh, yes. But one of the things I wanted to uh, just to share, you know, you were talking about, um, you know, even before COVID, you know, cancer patients had to be very careful of who they were around because their immunity system 
was was compromised. So, mm-hmm. you know, we were wearing masks, or at least I was wearing masks. I was, you know, really careful of who I was around. I didn't want to be around anybody who had a cold or who was sick. And so a lot of those things that I experienced in 2004, you know, are coming, um, uh, uh, women are facing those same things, uh, but even more to the extent of COVID, mm-hmm. you know, they, you know, we have to wear the mask, we have to be careful. And so, you know, no matter what type of treatment you're going in, I think we have to be aware of, of our surroundings and take that precaution, um, yeah, that's you good know, advice. to, to that's support good advice. the patient. Um, yeah. You know, if you have a family member who has a cold, you know, you just have to be careful yeah. and uh, respect them, respect their space. Mm-hmm. That's well. true. And, and with COVID, I mean, you know, you got to be careful around colds and certainly around flu because yes, flu can also be deadly, but it is not to the degree that what we're facing now, I mean, COVID is very, very contagious. In fact, it has now entered my family and I've got a very, very close relative who is home and very sick with COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, He's measuring his, his uh, Mm -hmm. air, you know, his air intake and his oxygen by putting his finger through one of those little devices. But, Mm -hmm. and as long as it stays above a certain level, he doesn't have to go to the hospital, but he is sick. And oh, so, so it's really, touch, it's touched our family now. We just learned this a couple of days ago and, you know, that really, and they don't really know how they got it. I mean, they don't go places and they don't do things and, but somehow they got it. And so it's very contagious and it can be very deadly to the wrong person. Um, so it really adds another level of need for protection, you know? So I, I just wanted to right. add that it's, you know, to your point, we've always had to be careful, but now we have to be extra careful. Right, and, right. And know. with our, you know, with all of our women who we're supporting, um, you know, one of the things that we, um, you know, looked at is, you know, how can we be a better support to the women who are a part of our programs? And uh, one of the areas was our metastatic uh, community. We have, you mm-hmm. know, a lot of women who are metastatic yeah. within our uh, group, and we didn't have that that support. We right. had general support, but for a woman who is metastatic, um, you know, she's always going to be in treatment, or at least um, she will always be on some type of a of of a treatment. Um, yeah. And um, so we saw that there was a need there back in the summertime, and we started a, a metastatic group. And, and, a- um, and actually, Allison, we've, you know, when Sharon and I, when, you know, when Sharon was still here and we were, you know, kind of still involved in running things and doing all that, we talked about the need for something within the metastatic realm. And I know you were part of that conversation. We just never made it happen. And, you know, it takes, I, I think it just takes something special to take that idea from just being an idea in the brain to actually creating something with it. And so when you talked about starting a metastatic support group, I I think that's, that's the first step and it was a really good one. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, we have that now, why don't you talk about that for a minute? Yeah, for, so for those listeners who don't know about metastatic, metastatic uh, breast cancer is uh, cancer that is spread beyond the breast. It can be in the liver, the lungs, the bones, 
And um, as I had mentioned, you know, there's uh, the woman will always be in some form of treatment. Mm -hmm. And so uh, women can come. Uh, You don't have to be in Oregon to participate. We meet once a month, second Wednesday of each month. And it's a group of women who come uh, via Zoom and they support and encourage each other. And we also have uh, special presenters that will come in and talk a, a variety of topics. And we also have a private Facebook group. If you want to uh, join that, it's Breast um, uh, Metas- Breast Friends Metastatic Warriors uh, Facebook group. It's a closed group, so it's a safe place where you can talk and share. And that's uh, also where you post the, the Zoom information, right? If there's yes. one, there's an upcoming meeting, you'll put post it there, and they can just actually go there and log in from there. So, yes, yes. Um, yeah, so it is a private group, and you know, not just anyone can be on it, but anyone who joins our group can be on it. And to your point, we don't, it does not matter where you're from because it's Zoom and you can be from the state of Oregon. You can be from, from Italy. It doesn't matter as long as you're on the call at the right time. So, right, right. Um, although does Zoom, does Zoom work? Oh, I mean, can you, is there like a European connection that you need to have or is there just... I don't really know Zoom as well as I know Skype. I think so. there's just a Zoom link. I'm not for sure. I don't. I don't want to say something, uh, but you know, just reach out to us and we'll see uh, of you know what type of support that you can get okay. uh, via Zoom. Okay. But also, you know, the the women um, again, it's a safe place that they can talk and share about their experiences, uh, their fears, um, and support and encourage each other. And um, we have found, you know, the women to be supportive and um, really, you know, appreciate that additional support. Because in the metastatic community, there's not a lot of resources out there uh, for women. There are you know, there are um, Facebook groups that you can join, but this is a face-to-face uh, meeting, um, and we would love to have you join us. And it's not, I've only been on the call a couple of times because it just, it conflicts with my chemo schedule most of the time. But um, on the times I've been on, you know, the group is still small, and which is nice. I think the most we've had on there when I've been on is maybe eight, including you and me. So, um, you know, six other people, patients from outside of, of breast friends, you know, administrative people. And, um, and so it's a, and it's an intimate group and everybody has a chance to talk. And I, I want to clarify something on the, the metastatic um, treatment. It is true that you can never really declare yourself quote cancer free. Once you've had metastatic cancer, it was described to me as being like being on a highway with lots of exit ramps and, and you can get off at any point, and cancer can exit the freeway ramp and exit, you know, at any point and end up in your liver, lungs, bones, and other places. In fact, for me, it's in all three of those places. And, um, you know, so yeah, that's that's a very real thing. But there's also something called no evidence of disease, which is what they call it when they don't see cancer in your body, because maybe the treatment's did well, but they never really, once you've had metastatic cancer, they never really call you cancer-free because it's probably still in there somewhere and it may hibernate for a while, maybe even a long time, and then suddenly show up again. So, um, but for most of us, like me, um, it's there and we're going to be treating it now for the rest of my life. And as long as the treatment is either showing that it's stable or 
slower growth. And that's a good thing because the doctor's goal is to buy me time. <laughs> so, and that's kind of what they do. And every now and then, you know, they hit on, on the right, you know, combination of medications that, you know, makes it, you know, better than it, than right. it was. So I don't want to say that they can, it's never gone and you'll be on treatment for the rest of your life, but you will be watched for the rest of your life. And, you will probably be on a variety of treatments because if something doesn't work, your cancer will start to grow again. And and then they'll switch you to something else. And the thing I'm on now seems to have me pretty stable um, at the moment. So, you know, there is hope. And and I believe, and I, Allison, I know you do too, that with God, all things are possible. Yes. And, you know, I, I have a lot of people praying for me and and if you know someone in your life that's battling metastatic and you're a person of prayer, pray for them because God hears you. And and I'm just going to go on record and say that because he's doing some pretty miraculous things with me right now. And I'm I'm very happy. And I've told some of the stories um, yeah. on this show. And I'm. And I do, I do believe all of those things. So, um, so yeah, you found you you decided to take this bull by the horn, I guess, and start the metastatic group. And it's been a real blessing, you know, for those that are in in this situation. And really appreciate you know your efforts there. Um, so, how can people at home support someone who is going through metastatic disease? You have some thoughts on that. They can't accompany them to treatment, but. Are there things they can do? Yeah, they can accompany them to treatment, but they can be there. They can listen. Mm -hmm. Uh, They can, um, you know, I just think the biggest thing is, you know, we we can't solve the the problem, but we can Mm -hmm. be there to listen. We can support them. We can encourage them. They can Um, vacuum. (laughs) Yeah, they could do, you know, some things, especially if they're within their own household, Um, you know, to have a friend come over, it's a little more challenging. But again, you know, just to be there yeah. uh, of support to let them know that uh, they're not forgotten, yeah. uh, that you care about them. Um, send them a card, you know, ever so often or a text, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, I, and I think don't constantly ask them about their treatment. Um, you know, talk about their family. Talk about, you know, what yeah. what, what they're doing, you know. Um because, you know, there's other things that, you know, they're experiencing. It's yeah. not all about the cancer. And remember, people are getting Zoomed and digitized out. So pick up the phone and call. You know, calling is a nice thing, too. And, you know, and hard hard copy cards, you know, get going out to your mailbox and finding a card in your mailbox is pretty sweet. So, yeah. you know, so do that. I think the biggest fear for anyone who's battling cancer is that they're going to die from this and no one is going to notice you know, it's kind of a lonely place to feel. And now since you can't even have people with you at treatment or even make friends at treatment, unless you want to shout across the room, it's it's harder, you know, than it ever used to be. So, you know, don't let that person feel like they've been forgotten. And I think that's the beauty of sending a card or making a phone call or even, even if you need to, a quick text, hey, just thinking about you, I saw something today that made me think of you. You know, there's different things you can say and different messages that you can you can give so Allison we're out of time and I'm so appreciative that you came on the show and gave us a chance to just really open our hearts and and again remind people you know if you have a cause that matters to you make a a donation in a size that that you will feel and they will do the happy dance for so with that we will be back next week and until then remember there is always hope and we're here to help you find it (laughs) 
Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Becky Olson again next Wednesday at 12 o'clock noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There is always hope, and we are here to help you find it. We'll talk again next time.